This episode is brought to you by FX's The Bear. The hit series returns with Jeremy Allen White in the Golden Globe-winning role of Carmi. He and the team will transform their family sandwich shop into a next-level spot, all while being forced to come together in new ways as they confront their past and reckon with who they want to be in the future. FX is The Bear. All episodes now streaming only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Certified Piedmontese Beef. Listen up, foodies. Make your next meal even better with real Nebraska beef. They have healthy, tender, delicious Italian heritage beef, grass-fed and sustainably raised on lush pastures in the Midwest. You can even create your own personally curated meat box that's shipped right to your door. To get two free steaks with any purchase over $50, use the code FREEBEEF at checkout. Learn more and shop exclusively at cpbeef.com. Hello and welcome to One for the Road with me, Sober Dave. I'm going to be talking to some incredible guests over the next few weeks, all of whom have made the decision to look at their relationship with alcohol and take steps towards a positive change. My guests are all at different points in their journey, but all have powerful and uplifting stories to share. And that's why I hope you find each episode a valuable source of inspiration and insight. Hello, my lovely listeners. I thought I would drop in this bonus episode I recorded with the wonderful Andy Ramage to offer a bit of support for you over the Christmas period, whether you drink or not. We both hope it helps. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank all of you for your ongoing support. Season 4 is being recorded right now and I can promise you I have some amazing guests lined up for you for 2022. I would also like to take this opportunity to wish you all a safe and happy Christmas and a wonderful new year. So good morning, Andy. Lovely to see you, mate. You're looking very healthy and well. I've been up catching sunrises. It's absolutely beautiful. That's one thing about the winter and Christmas. The sunrises are that little bit later that they're even easier yeah. to make. And, and it feels like there's more of them. I love I love early mornings. I was up really early, five this morning, and uh, the, it was crispy outside and the blue mm. skies, and it just makes me feel alive, you know? Yeah, they're the things that often get missed or overlooked. I never noticed that stuff for the 20 years when it was a bit yeah. of a booze fest. It's only now that I pick up on those things. Well, you just look at the back of your eyelids and then groan, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this is a Christmas special. This is an in-between, between seasons. And I thought it would be good to get you on and we could cover some certain subjects to help people navigate the Christmas period. Love you it. up for that? Absolutely. Okay, I've written a few things down, mate, and I thought the first one we could tackle would be Christmas parties. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Christmas parties, let's just get straight into it. It's tough at times if you're not drinking because you've got all those old associations with drinking at a Christmas party. But one of the top tips I would take into the Christmas season is treat it like a game. Actually, the reality is, what is it? Two, three, maybe four hours tops. Maybe you could 
treat it slightly differently and use it as an opportunity to try and engage with people in a different way. You'll be the person that notices all the shenanigans. You're not going to wake up with that shame and that dread of saying something or doing something that you later regret. You might find that actually if you throw yourself into it, you have a great time. And it really is only an hour or two. Another Brucey bonus, you might be able to drive the car because you know it's like trying to get home in the chaos of Christmas on public transport or in taxis is a disaster. So there's so many wins that people won't have even considered. That's a brilliant tip, actually, because a lot of people, they have to get over the initial sort of anxious feeling of walking into the party and saying hello. But once you've done that, you can relax. So, and the other tip, I went to a comedy club yesterday and it was a Sunday afternoon. Getting there was a nightmare. It was in Bethnal Green, East London, and the Victoria Line was closed, and it was just hell. So the driving is a brilliant idea. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, I think that's a sort of a top tip in and around that season. And again, just treat it like a game. Maybe it's two points for everyone you see doing something they shouldn't be doing. Maybe it's three points or the jackpot for dancing <laughs> sober. I love that. Have you ever danced sober? I have loads of times. It's not pretty. You won't like it, Dave. It's it's not nice, but I've done it. Well, I'm yet to do it, mate. Um, You must wait a while for that. Yeah. All right. And next one is for people navigating their first sober Christmas. Yeah, this is a really important one. And for me, the joy of Christmas is all about connection. It's about being vibrant and energized. And too many Christmases, for me personally, I woke up feeling a bit like shite on the big day for the litany of chaos that preceded that. So there's something really special about waking up energized and bright eyed, especially if you've got children, I've still got, you know, youngish kids. It is a joyous occasion. And I think that alone makes Christmas right there. That one moment waking up with your energy, with your mojo, with your momentum. And I think it's really about connecting with that. I think it's a really important motivational tip. Yeah, I agree with you. I remember one um, Christmas, I was so hungover. I think I went clubbing Christmas Eve and my whole day was an absolute misery and I was depressed. And my son, I bought him a little snooker table. And you know what kids are like? They want to play game after game. And after three, I was like, I just want to lay on the sofa. Uh, And it wasn't nice for him, you know. And then I fell asleep in the afternoon after dinner. And it's that energy you've got when you... uh, you don't drink and it's reminding yourself why you're doing it in the first place, isn't it? Yeah. And that is the classic, isn't it? That's the classic stereotypical Christmas day. You wake up feeling a bit jaded. It's an excuse to start drinking earlier than normal. And then you fall asleep after a big dinner. I mean, come on, especially if you've got little ones and you've got your family there. It's about being, I think, on your A game. So actually Christmas yeah. day, sober, alcohol free, whatever way you look at it, can be a revelation for a lot of people. And how many Christmas evenings have you spent, like literally in a blur when you were drinking? And and that's not nice for the kids either, is it? No. And I, and I think for me, it was the build up even to Christmas. You know, it was the social calendar that was full with friends and business and, you know, all that connecting. By the time I got to Christmas Eve, it was like busman's holiday. I just wanted to curl up in a ball and just take two weeks off from it all. Yet the, the kids and the family were all energized and ready to go and I was just a shell of a human being, if the truth be known. Whereas that first alcohol-free Christmas was just was a real beautiful moment for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, for people that do drink, can we talk about moderation? Yeah, I think the classic tip around moderation is don't start early, right? Because if you start early with a little Bucks fizz or whatever it is at 
10 o'clock in the morning, we all know it's very difficult to turn the taps off and because you're going to get super tired as soon as the alcohol buzz wears off. So start as late as possible, I think, is the real obvious number one tip. And then try and keep it to a level that it's enjoyable, right? You don't have to go on this like succession of drink after drink after drink. If you really want to have a drink, you know, just have a little celebratory whatever it is at a certain point in the day and then try and turn the taps off. It's easier said than done. I think moderation in general is very, very difficult to do well because of that reason. Yeah, I, I don't know many people who can moderate, to be honest, and I certainly couldn't because, say, uh, Christmas Day, if I woke up completely hungover and then it was about 10, half 10, during a buck's fizz, as soon as I had that, my brain told me, right, you're off again. Mm. Uh, and by lunchtime, I was trashed. Yeah, I think that's the case for a lot of people because you've got that jaded feeling you want to get the energy back and that buzz back so let's have a couple of drinks to get there which sort of all it does it just levels you out it just gets you back to flat whereas again if you're not drinking you're you start in that place and it only gets better so yeah moderation can be done over christmas it's really hard it's the truth it is mate so i was thinking another one actually is christmasy because as you say you've got the big build up where you've been working hard and and you've got your typical men last minute shopping you know, Christmas morning, queuing up at the shops and it's like, God, am I going to do it all? But, you know, if it's people's first Christmas Eve as well, if you've got any tips how to navigate that, because like you see a load of people out finishing work, lunch times, all going to the pub. And, and again, it's that FOMO, isn't it? Yeah. And we've both discussed that, you know, the, the pubs look warm and inviting and the Christmas lights are on and the fires are blazing. And I think there's a real temptation to slip into that mindset of glory days gone by. Maybe when you're young and free and single and when you're going to meet the lads. And I think there is those rose tinted beer goggles can slip over our eyes a little bit. Um, And I think the key is to remember, how did you feel on the back of that? I always say, play the tape forward. If you start to get that like sense of, I just want to have a drink. It's Christmas Eve. Play the tapes forward. How are you going to feel Christmas day? Are you going to feel jaded and tired and just not on your A game? And you're going to miss the opportunity to really connect with family and have this joyous experience. Play the tape forward. What happens after that one, two, three, four or five or six drinks? How's that going to look for you over the Christmas period? And I think that alone can be really powerful. And then equally, why not socialize? Throw yourself into it and have an alcohol-free drink if that works for you. Like, there's nothing stopping us because we don't drink. Being immersed in the social action, I'm all over it. Like, Mm. go to those places, visit those places, connect with those people, have your one or two alcohol-free drinks, get the best buzz of the evening, get the joy of Christmas, and know you're going to wake up in the morning with your mojo intact. That, for me, is worth celebrating. That's the greatest present you can give you and your family at Christmas. I love that, mate. I absolutely love it. And I, I also suggest people like make a note in their notes on their phone or something. It's maybe the top five reminders of why you have decided to stop Brilliant. drinking. You know, so you can just remind yourself because you can easily go down the road of the fantasizing of God if only I could have one drink and then you start to persuade yourself, well, maybe I can moderate and whatever. Just remind yourself constantly of the reasons why. Yeah, that's a beautiful tip. And it's so, so powerful, those reasons why. And exactly that, if they're on your phone, because sometimes, again, when those beer goggles slip over, 
your eyes, it's really important to be able to reconnect with that. Maybe you're doing it for your family. And again, this Christmas time, what is it about? Like strip out all the marketing and it's been washed and associated with alcohol. It's not about that. It's never been about that. It's about a joyous time to come together like and celebrate that doesn't have to involve alcohol. So yeah, I think that's a top tip. Good lad. Okay. Now, boredom. So Christmas day is over. Boxing day, see a bit of family in that, but then you've got that transition in between Christmas and New Year, and it's quite easy then to feel a bit bored, listless and whatever. Have you got any tips for that? I think first and foremost, by doing it alcohol-free, you give yourself the opportunity for that bit in the middle to do something constructive. I think that's the trap too many people fall into, and you and I have falling into it because you feel a bit jaded going into Christmas. You have a load of drinks over Christmas to get over the jaded feeling, do the same on Boxing Day, and then you're just broken for the bit in the middle. You haven't got that energy or that mojo to get out and do stuff and connect at a deeper level. So I think that feeds the boredom. So actually, I think one of the best things you can do to relieve boredom is to go alcohol-free in the first place, because then by the time you wake up on Boxing Day, you've got that energy and that mojo. Maybe you've got a new BMX for Christmas. Take it out, right? Get your fake mushroom grips on your rally burner. And go out and do some stuff, connect with people, get outside, catch a sunrise, like do some things that you wouldn't stereotypically have done over that middle Christmas period. You know, can you connect with people? That's why communities are brilliant as well, I think, in the alcohol-free space, especially the beautiful stuff that you do online as well, the communities that we have. Get into your community, connect with like-minded people, celebrate the joys of being alcohol-free over Christmas. And here's a top tip in that little bit. Why not plan your goals? for 2022 sit down with a pen and a paper get excited about the future that awaits you because you've got your momentum and you've got your consistency and you've got trust in yourself notepad pen set up your goals for 2022 how exciting is that that's a great way to relieve boredom i love that mate because that's how i gave up drinking to be honest i i set myself three months and i visualized how i'd look like in three months time mm. and and i thought you know Will my mental health be better? Will I lose a bit of weight? Will I look better? Will, will I have a better relationship? And when I put them all on paper and looked at it, it was like, that gives me a target. So I think the 2022 thing is brilliant, especially after the last year or so we've had. Yeah, and what's lovely about that, Dave, is that you set that target and you had that visualisation and you lived it and you became it, didn't you? Mm, I how, absolutely how, did. How did that go for you? Well, look at me now. I'm loving exactly. it. <laughs> exactly it's just i would be sitting thing. here mate talking to you <laughs> this is the beautiful thing about it isn't it you can do that right that power is in within your graph to sit down in that middle bit when yeah. it goes a bit flat and go right how do i want to look and feel in three months yeah and then live it that is one of the most powerful things you'll ever do and you're living proof of that and, and you are mate look at you yeah, um so new year's mate new year's eve this is for people who do drink don't drink how do we navigate new year i think it's one of those again it's getting into a frame of mind that you're not giving anything up you're gaining a potential advantage to do something maybe you've never done before let's be honest how many new year's eves have most people spent intoxicated it's a blur can't quite remember what went on and here's another thing about new year's eve it's massively overrated in my opinion i can't remember having one particularly brilliant new year's eve it's always too busy overpriced you couldn't get home 
So maybe there's an opportunity to do something completely different. Maybe it's to spend time with Jules Holland and Hootenanny as opposed okay. to going to some overpriced venue that's too busy and you can't get home. But equally, if you are alcohol-free, you've got the option to drive. Maybe you've seen 2022 and then you pop in the car and, and come home before it gets completely chaotic. And equally, I think it's just throwing yourself into the action. If you're in a big social setting, throw yourself into the action, but no, you've got it in the locker to see in 2022 and then duck out before it gets super messy and be excited about Jam 1. I think as well, the people that do drink and they're deciding, we're going to come on to Dry Jan in a minute, is don't get absolutely obliterated New Year's Eve because you're thinking, well, I'm, I've got 30 days off in Jan. Is it 30 or 31? I've got no idea. Days, I don't know this. Uh, April, June, November. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, what I used to do was like think, I've done dry Jan a couple of times when I was drinking. I would get absolutely slaughtered New Year's Eve. And I would think, well, you know, I've got that time off in Jan. And I would feel horrific January on the first New Year's Day. And that really didn't help me to start off with a good foot. Yeah, I was talking about this this morning on my like daily lives that I do, that you end up starting Jan 1 as a minus 10. Yeah. You're completely starting this exciting new year way behind the ball. And it probably takes you, in truth, two or three weeks to get over the carnage of December. Yeah. I mean, so many people use Dry Jan, which is a brilliant, as you know, Alcohol Change UK. You've done some amazing stuff with them created that amazing concept that is dry jam that's helped for squillions of people now all over the world but equally there are some myself included for a while there would use that as a worn out old medal to yeah. say oh i'm going to do dry jam what that basically gave me was license to go absolutely bananas through december and just literally break myself to, yeah. to the point that i would limp over the finish line on new year's eve and just be a shell of a person yeah. jan one it would take me until the end of jan to get over that and then i'd feed the lies in my mind and say oh jan was rubbish there was nothing going on i felt awful it was and then that gave me an excuse to spend the next 11 months doing the same thing so the key to the whole dry jan and new year's eve is get excited about Jan the 1st. Imagine waking up on Jan the 1st with your mojo intact, excitement about the future, goals, momentum, you know, brightness in your eyes. I think that in itself can be unbelievably powerful in terms of a motivational tool. Get excited about the following day as excited you are about the evening. Yeah, because, yeah, you're, you're really brilliant at how you um, say that because like if you were going into the police cadets or the army or whatever, you, you wouldn't go on a mad bender leading up to that. You would be really like mindful of it, wouldn't you? And you'd probably go and do a little bit of training or or visit the gym. So the amount of times I've done it and I've been hanging New Year's Day and by the third and that, it's like, I can't do this. I've got no motivation. I, I'm just not up for it. So I think this this whole podcast we've done today is also about people that maybe do drink and they're, trying to moderate or we're encouraging them to moderate because it doesn't have to be December either, does it? It could be in general. Yeah. And I think the key to all of this is awareness. This is exactly how it starts. So all those people that are still drinking at the moment or thinking about taking a break, you're on the right path. You're on the right track for too many years. You and I would have been the same. It was completely mindless. I never once considered or reflected upon my relationship with alcohol is just the thing that I did. It was never even called into question. So I think anyone that's listening to this, that's actually thinking about moderating or slowing down or taking a break, that's a really powerful first step. 
So mm. it's not all about being perfect or doing these super looper long alcohol-free challenges. It's just the awareness that comes from that because then you'll start to notice. You'll start to notice, is it adding value? Is it genuinely adding value or is it taking away? And I think the conclusion that most people arrive at is that it's taking away a lot more than it's ever giving. And that in itself is a massive realisation. And I think that sets the scene for moderating, which then flows into to a break, which flows into an extended break. Yeah. And then you have that revelation. I'm not giving anything up. I'm getting a massive advantage. And then you're off on your alcohol-free adventures. Yeah, like doing an apprenticeship, isn't it? You're doing step mm. by step. And, it, you know, for me, I had to just completely stop all of a sudden. It was like just an overnight thing, right? Well, I say it's an overnight thing. It appears on paper that it was, but it actually wasn't. Yeah. Because for months on end, I kept questioning my relationship with it. It's like I thought, I've got to do something about it. I've got to do something. But I never knew when. But then one day... Uh, and it's, I think it, the phrase of it is spontaneous sobriety, that it appears on paper that you've just clicked your finger and stopped. But I think it was what you've just said. It was me questioning continuously, is this serving me? Is, is, am I gaining from alcohol in my life? And it was always no, 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 no. And when you actually come up with that huge list, it's like the weighing scales are far down the other side, you know? Yeah, this is, it's so important you just said that. Dave, because I think that's true of everyone. I think all the people that have that spontaneous yeah. sobriety, they just sort of stop. The truth is there's a litany of awareness that sits behind that. Maybe there's some, you know, attempts before that failed. I mean, my own story, I reckon there's three years behind it. There's three years behind that moment that I stopped, which is almost eight years ago. Three years of awareness, of trial and error, of failures, of slip-ups, of never-agains, of departures from the wagons, of I'm broken, I may as well just accept it, I'm a drinker, that's the way I am, to the point that actually I got on that bit of momentum and figured it all out, that actually this is a psychological thing and I need to do some work in on myself, connect my wires, all the wonderful things that you've mentioned. And then it happens. So I think this is really important for people to hear, especially in that early stage. It starts with awareness. You, you can't change something without becoming aware of what it is that you need to change. So I think the fact that anyone's even considered considering this over Christmas is a brilliant place to be. Mm. And it's interesting now as a top coach that you are, that your own personal dialogue you used on yourself was fail. Because it isn't a fail, is it? It's a learning curve that you can pick yourself up and, and you can actually write down what made me drink today. Why did I slip up? Yeah, it's so true. I mean, there's, they say there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. And it's so yeah. true. There's learning in the struggle, but you have to be able to see it and accept it as that. And I think that's a big part of the awakening of someone that goes on this alcohol-free adventure. You actually really start to embrace the fact that you can learn and iterate from those moments those departures from the wagon from those slip-ups they've got something to teach you if you open your mind to it and that was I think the revelation for me in the end each time it didn't quite go to plan it hurt it genuinely hurt you know I was disappointed that I'd slipped up or departed from the wagon but when the dust settled there was learning in there for me so that I could plan in advance of some of those occasions or those events. So the next time I faced them, I was ready. And then that that's what I, I think that's what I was doing over that two or three years. I think I was collecting all that learning so that I was ready at that moment when I finally did stop 
I was able to go on that longer stretch because I'd done the apprenticeship like you described. Like for the older viewers like Columbo, he would gather all the evidence and right at the end he would go bang and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, it's all in place. Do you know what I mean? What's Columbo's catchphrase? Oh, he had a, he had a really good catchphrase. Right, we'll carry on. Oh, I don't know. Um, but listen, mate, so for Christmas presents, the the listeners can't see what's behind you here. But there's an amazing book there called Let's Do This uh, by Andy Ramage. Yes. I want to tell people about that. Yeah, so that's my book. It's all about motivation. It's the science behind motivation. It's a super, super practical 28-day masterclass effectively in there. It'd be a brilliant start, actually, to the new year in January. All those motivational tips about how to journal, creating the structure, setting goals, how to overcome yourself, work out how your brain works. So it's not based around alcohol it's based around any goal that you're trying to set yourself for jan 2022 yeah so let's do this about life mate you know we all need yeah. motivation especially you know after what we've been through and this new variant coming out and whatever we're all a little bit down in the dumps and that so even like the title let's do this is like come on and when when like i'm only going off my experience here but i know with some of the people i work with it you know we have a low self-esteem lack of self-worth it's really hard sometimes to motivate yourself to go right i'm doing this so i think your book's really really important and i'm going to put it on my christmas list actually so i'm hoping i might get one in the post well i might you might get a little present from a, a ginger father Christmas. <laughs> An alcohol-free father Christmas. Yeah, exactly. For the person. <laughs> but that's funny, isn't it? We talk about that. Like, so my kids then, when I stopped drinking, instead of leaving out whiskey and all those things, which we stereotypically do for Santa Claus, yeah. they started to leave out alcohol-free beers, which is makes more sense, doesn't it? If you've got to drive that sleigh all over the world, you want to be on your A-game, don't you? Let's be honest. You don't want to have had a couple of sherbets and you're all over the place. And you're yeah, and when you presents. think about it, it's so dated, isn't it? It? like it is. leaving out a whiskey or something for father christmas it's like what message is that giving kids exactly the association between this hero of theirs right this yeah. this like object of just fascination and joy and then instantly we're making an association with alcohol and you can think that's going into their little brains isn't it you think all oh, right father christmas drinks alcohol father christmas drinks alcohol how does that play out as you mature yeah. into your teen years. I mean, all of these little cultural signs, it's no wonder, you know, we fall into a bit of a trap with it. And, and, and I think both you and I will, will say, we feel so lucky in many ways that we're now out the other side and inspiring people to do the same. Yeah, I know. Bigger. And, and you know, I was sent a meme the other day and, and it was on a blackboard outside a pub in the morning, people walking past it, had a bad day, have a drink. Like, have a bad day, yes, Arrow, have a drink. Had a good day, Arrow, have a good drink. Like, what is that saying? Yeah, I mean, we are smothered by this stuff. And I think that's why this wave of, you know, alcohol-free adventurers and, and whatnot is really important because we're actually giving the other side of the story that needs to be told and needs to be put out there so that people are seeing, oh, actually, there is another way. There's an anti-argument to this thing that we've just been smothered with for all these years. And we know the truth, don't we, Dave? We, we absolutely know the truth being on the other side, on the fun side of the island, looking back in. It yeah. just gets so much better for me. I, I know we're both biased, but I genuinely feel it's the truth when you're alcohol free or you're on your sober adventures. Uh, you say we're biased, but we've, we've got the knowledge, haven't we? I yeah. mean, like I, 
I stopped when I was 54. Leading up to that, I was like, well, I've been doing it 40 years now. I never change in that. But now I have. It's like, God, I wish I was younger. I can't do anything about that. But for, for people that are, it's like gives you an opportunity. And I always say to people, you know, what's it all about? It's about the quality of your life from here onwards you know it, it's about what quality of life do you want to offer yourself but as as you as an individual but as you as a parent a partner you know what quality do you want to add to your life and taking that one thing out of your life can change so many things i absolutely love that and it's so true and that's why your story is so important because a lot of people myself included when i got to my mid-30s and i started to reflect on this i was starting to tell myself the limiting belief you're just a drinking, you might as well accept it. You might as well just get on with it in my mid-30s. And here you are telling the story, 54, making that transformation. I think it's so important to hear because too many people do get caught in that trap of it's just the way it is. I'm just a, I'm just a drinker. I'm just yeah. someone that doesn't exercise. And actually what you figure out quite quickly when you have the courage, because it does take courage to make this change, you can challenge everything in your life. Not just your relationship with alcohol, you can challenge all those limiting beliefs that have been holding you back for years, whether that's the way that you move your body, whether that's the way you nourish it, your relationships, your goals, your career, everything's up for grabs. I think that's what's so exciting about this alcohol-free adventure. It's the catalyst, it's the gateway to so much more. And I think that's why we do this. 100%, mate. So when this podcast goes out, I'm going to put a link to your book because it'll make an ideal Christmas present. It's brilliant. You're brilliant. I love you, mate. And uh, I can't wait to meet you again. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. Have a wonderful Christmas, mate. See you soon. Yeah, happy Christmas, everyone. Thanks, Dave. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. One for the Road can be found on all the usual podcast platforms. And now you can subscribe to my new platform on Patreon, where you can watch the live unedited video recordings. And you also get two bonus podcasts per month. The link is on my show notes. You can also find me on Instagram at SoberDave. And please don't forget to subscribe. And if you get a chance, please leave a review. Until then, have a great week and see you next time.